So, um, <clears throat> welcome everybody to our 14th episode of Dojo Universe. Um, this is our podcast where we relax and talk piping, and um, we've got our good friend Ben Janowski with us. With us. And, uh, uh, you know, we do this on behalf of our online piping school called Dojo University. Um, Carl, you know, I usually talk about it, but what exactly would you say we do here? At Dojo University and uh, Dojo Universe, I mean, Dojo Universe, of course, is talking about anything related, but uh, Dojo University is our online bagpipe school. You can kind of think of it as bagpipe camp 365 days a year uh, and 24-7. You can really get access to any of the content um, at any time that you want. Um, the live stuff is mostly during the day, but uh, other than that, uh, you can really get a, a full experience from uh, your first practice chanter, uh, notes, learning the scales, all the way through some really uh, master classes with uh, people like Donald Lindsay and Jack Lee. And so there's a... Yeah, that's pretty good. I, we're kind of like, have you have you heard of that new thing um, Dish Network's doing called the Hoapa? You know uh, what I mean? Oh. <laughs> Hoapa in it. It's actually that? spelled... It's spelled H-O-P-P-E-R. It's called the Hopper, but they market it as the Hoapa, like the kind of like the uh, Bostonian uh, Eastern Massachusetts accent thing going on. It's kind of funny, you know. But anyway, it's like mega DVR where you know you can watch all sorts of shows, commercial free. Um, you know, it's basically just advanced DVR system. But um, really, I mean, we're succeeding at doing that really well at Dojo University. Um, Vin, I know you're a member, and, and uh, you're probably catching a lot of the classes in the archive, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's, it's a great a great pastime, better than reading a book, you know, sitting in bed just watching piping classes. Um, yeah. That's, yeah. That's pretty cool. And you're an advanced player, and, and, and uh, but we have tons and tons of um, players of all levels. We've got a few straight beginners who I think are having a good time. And then, uh, you know, it goes all the way up through. One of the things that we're working on um, is our, uh, we're calling it our belt system, which is going to be released pretty soon here in the next couple of weeks. And um, what that's going to do is that's going to take you all the way from the very beginning stages of piping. So not even knowing what a practice chanter is. And it's going it, it's going to theoretically help guide you through the entire process of becoming a master piper. And um, <clears throat> what we're doing is we're putting together a lot of different influences. So our own uh, tutor system is involved, and then, um, and then the more traditional ones as well. And we've modeled our system in conjunction with um, the Institute of Piping Stuff, which is an um, internationally accepted um, sort of what would you call it, credentialing system or something? Or uh, yeah, certification system. I don't even know what you call it. Yeah, exactly. And so it's going to jive. It's going to jive with that as well. So um, it's just cool. going to help keep pipers on track to. To do that, do I have to and, battle 20 guys to make black belt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but actually, um, in our system, you will be required to acquire real-world um, experience before you can move on, and so the different oh, stages cool. have different goals that you have to achieve. Um, which is, is, if I understand it correctly, is not what the Institute of Piping doesn't necessarily concern themselves with that. But um, you know, you are going to have to have some some street experience. Um, for our cool. belt system and 
it's going to be pretty cool, and we're going to build it as we go forward here through the months and years ahead. Um, so it becomes, you know, it becomes the obvious option, I think, for people to learn bagpipes. Anyway, so that's that's what we do at Dojo U, and we don't always talk about it at, at the beginning of the show. So I wanted to make sure that we we check in about that, and um, uh, we have a, a lot of happy members right now. So um, and, and we're still growing, and um, I wouldn't say certainly like you know we had a you know, our classes are not too full. What happens is a lot of people are viewing stuff on demand and, you know, a lot of people take, um, you know, a more relaxed approach, you could say. And then some people, we literally have our super fans who are on pretty much every single class. Um, I don't know, Carl, if you find that as well. Absolutely. Uh, but, you Dojo you super fan. Yeah, so you can be, the, the, the other good thing too is you can go anywhere from super fan to totally laid back and it's not a big deal because um, the memberships cost um, as low as twelve fifty a month, which <laughs> I think is pretty low. And even the premium memberships, right? The the most you're ever going to pay is thirty bucks a month. So, um, anyway, I digress. So uh, we'll get on to some of the piping, uh, the stuff that's going on in the piping world. Um, we were at the, and by we I mean uh, Carl and Vin and I. We were at um, the Rockland County Fesh, which is sort of. In, what is it an Irish word for a, a gathering yeah, or something? Irish, yeah, Irish gathering, yeah. Fresh. And um, they have a pipe band contest there, and um, I don't know, the band played pretty well, but I was actually really, really impressed with um, the New York Metro pipe band, who um, they challenged up against us, and um, you, know, you know, we won, but I thought that, you know, for their first year in grade two, they're producing a really exciting product. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think they really stepped it up, too, that day. Um, and then also, you know, just comparing to other times that they've been out this year, which has only been a handful. Yeah. Um, you know, it's really, really sort of a step up from, uh, from where they've been even this year. So. I, I think you're right about that. And, and yeah. it's interesting, and they managed to pull the sound together. Um, I thought Rockland, even though it was extremely uncomfortable because it was really humid and, and pretty hot, uh, but it, that is the ultimate piping weather. Um, and so uh, we got a good sound, and so did they, and it was a pretty good day for piping. But anyway, um, there's a guy in New York Metro named Matt Welch, and he, um, he actually did the same undergrad program that I did, coincidentally enough, um, at, at SFU. And, um, and so, sort of a great musician, very innovative, and I, I think he, you know, from what I understand, he was working on this medley with New York Metro, and what we have here, I think, is Donald McLeod. Um, has Rockland been moved? No, it has not been moved. Still in the exact same place. Vin, is Vin Jr. dying in there, or is he? He is. He, <laughs> he, is, uh, <laughs> he needs to be quieted down. Give me a. All right. Well, I'll keep talking while Vin lays the hammer down there. But, um, but anyway, so this is a New York Metro medley that I'd like to play first today. And um, it's all Donald McLeod tunes, so uh, I think it starts with The Man from Sky, and then it goes into, um, there's Susan McLeod is in there, and some other tunes, I can't remember exactly which, but they're very innovatively, if that's a word, there's heavy innovation here with these tunes, and playing around with them, and, and so I think it's a really great experimental sort of medley that I, I really enjoy, so, um, so let's have a listen to that, and see what happens. Yeah, I'm sure. 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 Yeah, I'm sure.
This is a YouTube video, by the way.
I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is what a drum corps. You know what I mean? Um, that's the thing that comes to mind for me is, uh, and just I I love um, um, Adrian. Adrian, I never can quite get his last name right. Is it Moident? Moident. Mordent. Mordent. It's a Mordent, I think. Yeah, and he's the son of a really well-known and respected RSPBA judge, uh, Kieran Mordent. What was it again? Mordent. 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 (laughs) I'll never, ever get it, I think. (laughs) Uh, Just keep screwing it up. But um, I suppose we can do this, too. There we go. That would look a little, little prettier. I um I've got my world's haircut going on. My wife is not pleased because <laughs> uh, I'm in the I, I the timing was poor in that I can't get a haircut now because I'm leaving in two weeks. Meanwhile, uh, you know, uh, waiting two weeks it's gonna get ugly, people. That's what oh, I yeah. Yeah. that's why I got mine. Well, just recently over the last couple weekends. I could always go in and then get a touch-up. I might have to do that. It's like a playoff beard, you know what I mean? Yeah. Except, except for... Exactly right. <laughs> so, um, okay. So I think that medley is really cool. I mean, um, each time I hear it, I like it more. It's a little bit crazy at the end. Like, like uh, yeah. I, can only, I can only speculate what's really going on there, but... It's pretty effective, right? It's dynamic and lots of popping up and down, and right, right. I feel like the, I feel like the drum corps is really complementing it well. So, yeah, um, they're doing a great they did a great job of uh, keeping up, you know, because there's a lot going on there that uh, could easily have everybody getting lost, you know. Um, I think, uh, yeah. you know, it's it's it, it was just really, a, you know, the, a lot of the harmonies are really sort of just the the the, the, the multiple layers he's got going on there are really really interesting. Um, it's it's a risky thing. I think I think a lot of pipe bands these days have sort of scaled back on that in in recent years, you know, and you sort of hit a middle ground now. And yeah. you know, for a while there it was all crazy for you know a lot of all the bands had it like it all going on, and then now it's sort of like just sort of now it's just about just being having just enough or something, you know. But uh, they've they've tossed that to the wind, I think, in a good way. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not it's not a bad yeah. thing, you know. I'm just reading what Todd's saying here. So too heavy on the harmonies. Well, it's all I, you know, maybe that and that could easily be somebody's opinion. I, I don't. I try not to think about that too much. I mean, I, I like to just take it as, you know, take it based on what it what we are presented with. And yeah, it's a little bit heavy, but um, you know, it's. I don't know. It's definitely going to be yeah, tough. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's definitely a different a different way of thinking about it. I mean, it forces more of a listener, you know, which is why I think a lot of times the judges frown upon it whenever you you hit a a more traditional panel on the, in the circle, you know. Um, you know, I, I'm thinking back. Matt Matt was uh, he was sort of you know teaching, I guess, and taking he took over the Saffron Band, Saffron United Band for a while, um, a while back, and did a similar thing. You know, had had some medleys with a lot of stuff going on. You know, which was pretty radical for you know, Eastern U.S. bands, particularly in grade three. You know, I don't even remember if they were. I think they were in grade three at the time. Maybe it'd been grade two. Um, but you know, and uh, and I think that was during that time where a lot of the grade one bands, a lot of top bands, had had you know all kinds of. It was all about the bridges and the and and the multi-layered harmonies. You know. Um, I feel like and, this. Uh, I think I think that this medley. Um, I think it, I think it's tasteful though, and it's and they commit yeah. to it. You know, a lot of bridges are cheesy, and but I think that yeah, what's yeah. going on here is pretty good. 
Yeah, I think I think you said it right. They commit to it. They 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 just like jump in, you know, and then just go for it, you know, and then and, and you know, of course they're working with a, a great foundation, right? You know, you got Donald McLeod tunes in there. You can't go wrong there. You know, it's some musical. Yeah, I mean, the up. only thing you risk is offending those who who uh, right. you know <laughs> uh, who worship at the throne of the Donald McLeod, right? Which exactly. these people exist, and especially on the panel, you know, so that you'll get some who uh, feel like you're messing with something sacred, which. Um, you know, so that's a little bit risky. I think the biggest risk here is just that you can't quite follow what's going on. And so, you know, mm-hmm. um, so I think it has to be really, really good. So uh, in order. For yeah. Like, I mean, how much, how, how, you know, where do you, where do you cross that line where you've created a brand new tune that's barely recognizable, kind of sounds like Glasgow police pipers, but not really. And is it that tune? I don't even think it was. I don't even know what, what was the last tune. Was it that Glasgow Police Pipers? What was the last tune? No, it was whatever Just tune goes. I don't know what tune that is. I don't know what that is. Excuse me. Is it Butterfingers? I'm not quite sure. Chase no, no, it's not, not. Butter, not Butterfingers. Butterfingers. Is it? Really? I was talking to to one of the guys, one of my friends in the band, and yes, that's what it is. Okay, cool. Well, I thought that was pretty good. I, I was excited to hear them playing so well. You know, um, I, yeah. I thought that was. Good. I thought their MSR was good too, and um, yeah, it was good. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where they're going. Are they, go, are they planning to go to Canada? Are they going to Maxville or anything like that? Yeah, that's the big thing this year is to go to Maxville and. From what I understand, they're you know hoping to make a dent there, which I think would be good. Yeah. And to answer, um, I think that's Phil out there, guest viewer eight. Um, but yes, they're just upgraded to grade two last year after winning the worlds in grade three last year. Grade three B. Three A, I think. Was three A? No, it's three B. It's three B. Yeah. Um, so that's good. We, I mean, we got some other stuff here going on today. Let's talk about more about just wandering around the games. And, um, you know, I was reading Pipes Drums, uh, pipesdrums.com. You know, that's one of my favorite websites, which um, I hope you'll check out. You'll see this story there. Uh, looks like the folks from Piper's Choice are going to do some guerrilla marketing here coming up. The, exactly. Uh, the Piper's Triage. Now, I swear, I swear, you know, um, <laughs> uh, uh, sincerely that Vin and I, we talked about this about a year ago. We did. We like, had to say we had a whole plan <laughs> that we concocted. Eighteen months ago, probably. Yeah, yeah. It's like, so involved uh, all kinds of things. We're gonna send guys around the games with the triage kit. We did. We weren't calling it triage. We were calling it. I don't know. It was like EU or something, emergency unit or something. Yeah, emergency bagpipe thing. So, so basically, here's the idea: <laughs> is that this piping shop, Piper's Choice, and they actually, um, they they actually manufacture a lot of our or several of our piping things that we take for granted every day. Like, uh, Carl, what does Piper's Choice do? They do the – I know they're, you know, involved closely with Airstream. And, yeah, they do the Airstream. They do um, – You know what else uh, they do? Is, um, they do those kilt towels. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see. The bore oil, sometimes they, they have a brand of that um, – Mouthpieces, um, they produce some of those. Uh, lots so, of. Uh, lots mainly of accessories, stuff. right? Is what they do. They're, they they yeah. got like supplies and accessories mainly. So but they're right. doing a lot of. But yeah. they they have a very successful pipe shop. And anyway, their idea is 
they're going to send people out with uh, these kits into uh, onto the field of the games, and the kits are going to have all sorts of emergency stuff, which, if I understand it correctly, are what available for purchase in case of an emergency or something. Is that the idea? Probably, I would think, or either you know the service would cost something, um, something like that. I don't think that was very clear. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the we'll idea wait would till, be... We'll wait till we see, we see it in the wild to, to determine that, I guess. So I guess I would ask people, you know, in the audience today, so is that going to work? So if, if, you, if you're if you out competing and something goes wrong, is that something that you would, you know, like to have available to you is some sort of emergency triage? Yeah, like, well, yeah, what, what are you going to be caught without, right, if something goes wrong? I mean, most of us have a, have a gear bag that's got all kinds of stuff in case something happens uh, we're prepared for anything pretty much i would at least hope everybody does um so i mean what would what would they need to do that you aren't prepared for i guess i don't know it's certainly an interesting idea um i, I just wonder you know I, I wonder how effective it would be i mean certainly at the dojo we're always working to get the word out about what we're doing um I just wonder how many bagpipe emergencies happen at the games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've had, I've had a few. I've had a few. Don't get me wrong. I, I remember Duncan Bell saved me one time when my uh, blow stick stock popped right out, and I had oh, no, really? I had no tie-in cord or anything with me. And uh, you know, I don't. I think he was playing like. I don't want to. I don't want to pigeonhole him as playing having pl been playing a synthetic bag, but I think he might have been on a synthetic bag, but. He still had tie-in cord there anyway, and so oh, right. he, he tied it on for me, and I went on and I, I beat him. You give him a cut, all right? Yeah, so I was very grateful to him for helping me out, and I I do vow personally to, you know, help someone out who who that happens to. Yeah, well, I guess that stuff happens, but I mean, you know. Um... Usually, I would say there's always somebody there. Like you said, Duncan Duncan was there. He had his, he had what you needed, and he had the skills to do it. You know, so like, you know, there's usually somebody around that's got the things you need, whether it's the skills or the the equipment. The equipment. Um, although, you know, given the nature of of what they're doing, you know, how easy would it be to just buy some tying cord if they happened to be there? You know, if they were walking around with their little sort of emergency vests, and you saw them there, and you whistle them over, and just sort of snag some uh, some 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 supplies or something like that. I mean, it'd be really easy, right? So I think there's, it is, there's a method to the madness, I guess. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of cool. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to asking Doug um, how it goes. You know, Doug McRae, who <laughs> yeah, I think he's, yeah. he's involved with the be business. Interesting. He's a current pipe major of the 78th Brazers, so it, it's a service. I don't think they're selling supply kits necessarily they're, yeah they're, a, i think it's like an actual team of people that will just like service you in some fashion whatever might be needed i guess i don't know so they're not selling you the kit they're they're walking around the games and they're able to give you a roll of hemp if you forgot it or or um, yeah here's the real like, question kind of like, like kind of like a guy in a trench coat or something i guess i don't know do they have like a stretcher <laughs> so, to lay out your pipes and they can you know work yeah, exactly. on that <laughs> <laughs> i want to see them really commit to this idea <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want a straight up ambulance, like a golf cart ambulance too. There you go. Or one of the segways or something, a little segway scooter, you know, a big siren on top. Yep, it looks like Mark just posted the uh, link to the article there, so that's cool. Um, so you can definitely check that out. As a solo <laughs> Help me tune them. There you go. <laughs> I'm sure. I wonder if they'd make you pay for it or not. 
Yeah, really. If you're feeling lazy that day, maybe you just sort of call them over. <laughs> so get my drones, will you? You mind checking these, making sure they're you know working properly, and secretly you're having them warm your pipes up. Sounds like fun to me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> like, you have a nice tea or something. One more time for me. Just try it one more time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks, man. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll pay you as soon as I'm done. Um, and then you just tune up for a really long time and they get stuck. No, um, so anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting and I, I kind of wanted to talk about it just because, uh, you know, we've thought of that too. Like, would that be a good way to, you know, spread the good word about your business and how you want to help people? So. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, uh, definitely, right. it's definitely never been done before, that's for sure. You know, it's not like you got people in a, in a little cart or backpack walking around with a, you know, sort oh, of like a cigarette girl or something. Yeah. Like the beer girl at the ball game or something, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I think that's the next step is hiring supermodels to do the best. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> a little tray full of stuff. Hemp, reeds. Who could resist? This is the scuttlebutt sec session. Yes. I don't know what that question means, but yes, this is the scuttlebutt. Um <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I might have, I may have improperly used the word scuttlebutt, or I definitely misspelled it. Um, Mark says it's a does state it's a free service in the article. Yeah. All right. I, I was just reading that. That's interesting. Okay. Um, all right. Next thing is um, I think that here at the dojo we've discovered a product that will transform bagpiping world forever no one will no one will ever be the same again that's a there you go there's an there's uh, an intro um and are you ready <laughs> yeah i don't think are you ready for it that's the question <laughs> are you ready for it it's actually a really remarkable thing i i thought i would get carl on to uh to sort of explain it well you know because carl's sort of the guy here all right, so um, we're talking today a little bit about uh, this really, really cool device. It's called the Peterson Body Beat Metronome, um, and that's exactly what it is. It's a metronome. Uh, it's fully programmable, and we'll get to some of the features here in a moment. But uh, as you saw there, I walked over and gave Andrew one, um, and I've set this at 76. Let's raise the tempo. We'll go to 93.0, and it does do tenths of a beat. Um, and I'm going to hit the start button here, and we've got a little... So it, it goes yeah. down to tenths of a beat per minute. That's crazy. So I just um, I hit the start button here, and it comes with this little clip-on vibrating why my, thing. Why is mine vibrating right now? Explain Well, because I just started it. So what you just saw here is I started it, and Andrew, if you hold up your, um, your thing to the screen there, let's show them how this works. So I've got the master unit here. I'm going to raise the tempo. Are you watching this? So we're going faster now, and his changes as well. Um, it's a really cool device. I think um, that too would sound better at 107.6. Right. So, uh, and this is fully programmable. Um, you can change the the um, the meter. Um, you know, two four four four. Any any combination there. You can change which note it accents, whether it's the first, first and third, uh, however you want to set that up. Um, 
totally programmable and you can change it to tenths of a beat like i said um, this is like a this is like a it's a vibrating thing right vibrating thing you can clip it onto your shirt collar or nose um, apparently richard boffman uses this and he clips it's it to his ear it's the only way so to it. really get it get that yeah, beat into your system it's a really I mean, I've been practicing with it a little bit, um, and it's it's really impressive um, how accurate it is. Even worth it working with a um, audit, uh, audible metronome, which this does do. It does audible and um, visual, uh, as well as tactile. Uh, practicing with this, it's so much uh, more accurate. You can really tell if you've lined up um, your beat uh, or your tune with with the beat that you've set um, it's it's really amazing so um, they they're not cheap but they um, are absolutely worth every penny I'm gonna switch over here switch the views a little bit and show you um, uh, just a couple of while you're doing that Carl like so um, a couple things to answer Mark's questions uh, you can program the beat divisions you can actually program these uh, to do whatever you want so, for example, like let's say you have an MSR and your 2-4 March has, um, has what, 64 beats or something, uh, or 70 beats at um, a certain tempo, and then you want to break into the Strass Bay, you can program it to do the break for you. And right, so and that's actually what we're looking at right here. Um, you have an online um, way of doing that. You can also download this program with the, uh, with the metronome, and you can program it out like here. So I just quickly did this. Four four for a uh, uh, for four a four parted four four there. Switch into nine eight time twelve eight, and you can switch tempos, time signatures, go a certain number of bars. You, and you do that on your laptop or your computer. You just plug it in, and you can program it yep. like that way. And you can also nice. do it on That's your cool. um, on your thing. It's just a little uh, harder. This is way easier. Um, and you have a hundred preset um, presets that you can uh, program like this. Uh, how many um, how many metronomes can be synced together at the same time? Uh, I think it's something like twenty. 30. Yeah, twenty. 20 <laughs> it's it's really cool. It works within a, a seventy-five yard range. Um, it would be really cool to have two. You could set one up um, either with pipe major, drum major. You could also set one up on an amp, and the pipe major can have one, so we can control the tempos um, and really. Do some focused practice um, with the metronome. Uh, I, um, I I was using these with one of my students uh, yeah. recently, and what's cool is, you know, when you're teaching a student on the bagpipes and they're playing for you, it's really tough to know. Like you can speculate, but it's really tough to know if they're really hitting the beat right as you know, right with their foot like they're supposed to. And so what I did was I hooked one of these metronomes up, and he had one, and I had one. And I could feel the beat that he was trying to play to, and then I could figure out uh, whether or not he was where he needed to be, um, which is uh, you know a really good application. And, and Carl was saying too, you know, uh, yeah. you could just have the pipe major and the lead tip both have these, and that could keep everything really on the straight and narrow, which uh, I think is a really cool feature. Carl, what are we looking at for the price? Uh, there are right around one hundred and seventy-five dollars. Um, but if you give us a call and you want two of them, we'll cut you a deal. Um, it's, one of the, 
you know, it's useful to have these too. Items, yeah, these items were actually not allowed to advertise a price lower than 175 bucks because um, you know that's how they um, that's how yeah. they keep that's how they keep, keep the value of the product appropriate for them. So that, you know, um, but uh, call us and if you wanted to get two of them for your band or something, we definitely cut you a deal. And- yeah, they're they're super cool. I mean, uh, the other thing that we didn't talk about here. Um, and I think we've talked about this in the past was um, the Victor Wooten um, video about using a metronome. I think we did that. That's somewhere in Dojo U. I know you can find it. Um, this does go anywhere from 10 to 280 beats per minute. So um, most metronomes don't go below, I believe, 40. Um, this one does. It goes down to 10 beats uh, a minute. And then you could subdivide that so it gets even slower. Um, it, it's, <laughs> it's really cool. Um, so... Uh, yeah, you can really also, use uh, it to its full. You can. This will click at you if you want it to, right? Yeah, you just pull out the the little um, vibrating thing, and then yeah, that's pretty loud. Yeah, it's nice and loud. Um, it's a rechargeable battery. You don't have to change batteries. Um, plugs in with a with a standard USB um, and recharges. Yeah. It's got an auxiliary out and a headphone out. Um, you can it's set like one of those the, obvious things that you have to, you, you sort of scratch your head and think like, why didn't someone come out with this before? Yeah, but I mean, it's like one of those obvious things that you think should have been around for at least, you know, 15 yeah. years or so, you know? No, I mean, this the is... People at Peterson are really together. Their tuners are outstanding also, which we've just started carrying their tuners. Yeah. And, uh, we'll have to look at those a little bit later, but... Um, so anyway, this is, I mean, I, I can't stress this enough. This has really been um, super cool to play with and, and to, to really practice with. It's, I mean, in, in the short time that we've been, been playing with them, it, it's made a difference in my playing. It, it's just so, um, such a great tool to have. So. Well, there's, there's definitely that, that sort of uh, tactile memory yeah. too, right? I mean, which is different than, than the, the auditory sort of click totally different you can ignore you can ignore an auditory click yeah and it's it's easy and it's easy to just sort of miss it just to like forget about it you know in memory and uh, with the the vibration I mean I I would suspect that after using it a lot you would actually even feel the vibration without it even being turned on you know Um, that that would be a sort of that uh, sort of phantom phantom metronome thing (laughs) going on yeah it's it's really slick so I mean, I can't stress that enough. So I'm gonna stop talking because it's just—it's yeah. really a cool. Was that, there was a, I not did to get too far off topic. There was a there was a study recently had done this to people who are like suffering from phantom cell phone. Oh, oh yeah, I have that. Yeah. I have that for so, sure. Yeah. yeah, you totally. This is this is this is in that. See now, this is the good kind, right? This is the good kind of phantom vibration thing happening. So you look. Set it for a uh, stress space speed and just have it sit there and click all the time. And yeah. Pretty soon you just be playing, just banging them out, you know. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. absolutely. <laughs> so, what do you think, Vin? Is this going to change the face of the pipe band world? This product, I think, I think it is... could. I think it could. I mean, you know, I, I think oh. with all these with all these gadgets, you would think that like the first the first people to make use of it would be like lower grade bands, just like sort of, you know, just just to refine their uh, yeah. their their band playing in terms of the marches, march medleys, and all that kind of and stuff. So, there's nothing to say that you couldn't put this in your sport and, and use it on the field. It's totally legal, uh, at least in the yeah, U.S. I, I, US I think there's a, there was a um, there's that little gizmo called a metronome with the G N O M E right? It goes in your ear, so it sits in your right. ear. 
I, I've used it. I didn't really like it that much. But it's uh, a... Yeah. But uh, you could conceivably have one of those, I guess, if you were on the field. Yeah. Um, what, kind of, what kind of signal does it use? Is it, is it like just radio signals or Bluetooth? Or what is it Bluetooth. like? Bluetooth, is it Bluetooth, I believe. Really? Yeah, I'm, I use Bluetooth. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. Doesn't actually tell me here. So is it discoverable to like other Bluetooth devices? You could have, yeah. Like, oh, I don't know about that. But uh, yeah, it discovers each other unit and just kind of labels yeah, them. Yeah. So up to 20 at a time. So really cool. Nice. Anyway, uh, if you have any questions or just want to hear a little more about that, give us a call. They're, they're super cool. You could hijack a competitor. <laughs> That's an interesting idea. Would be a great <laughs> thing for work. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> That's cruel. <laughs> Get in there, program it a little bit, and change the tempo. No, you can't do that. <laughs> oh, man. You can't do it because you set it with the <laughs> Yikes! Or, or, or even worse, get some sort of interference, Bluetooth interference from everybody's devices that are in the, you know, watching the competition or something. You know, something like sort of. Next thing you know, you hear like scratching things and things, and it starts vibrating like <laughs> all the time. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so there you go. I think that's great. I, I hope, um, I hope if you're involved in a band, you'll think about, you know, purchasing a couple. At the very least, it, it'd be amazing exercise for. Uh, I think Mark said you know. what. Workshops, even that would be great for workshops. Yeah. All right, last, last but not least on the topics for today. Well, I guess. Did we lose um, Andrew? Oh. He's just like no, I'm still himself. Here. <laughs> I think I'm here. Can you see me? No, you're fine. Yeah, I'm here, Ben. Is Ben not hearing me? I've lost him on my end. I don't know what that means. Can you hear me now? Yeah, like Carl can hear me. I think Ben, uh, I think Ben has lost me for some reason. Bill turned pink and he can hear me, so that's good. Um, what are we going to do about this? I wonder. Ben just texted me. You're frozen and I can't hear you. Uh, he'll sort it out. So um, I guess the next thing um, that we wanted to talk about is that, um, again, uh, reading Pipes Drums, I guess he was reporting that there are far fewer international bands at the Worlds this year. And we were, <laughs> Ben and I were going to discuss um, how, um, you know, how, you know, why that might be the case. I think he's talking more about the grid one. I'll get my video going again here. Um, okay. You could use a workshop on using metronomes. Yeah, there are um, uh, a couple good classes in Dojo U in regards to metronome use. I would um, look it up. Uh, and uh, we can definitely we'll do we could do a little bit more on Dojo Universe one of these weeks, in regards to you know actually using metronomes effectively and so on. Well, <clears throat> that's a good question. You know, one of the interesting things is that there's not a single band from New Zealand or Australia coming. Is that right, Carl? Am I reading that right? Um, yeah, it's kind of. 
uh, none of them are coming up this year. Yeah. Um, I guess that's sort of up. Yeah. One of the things know. is that they're they're changing the format of um, they're changing the format of the Grade One contest at the Worlds next year, which is kind of interesting. Um, the switching from a um, oh Ben has raised his hand. Okay. Hopefully uh, he'll be okay now. But uh, they're they're changing the format, and so I think a lot of the overseas bands are just holding out till next year. Um, you think that's really yeah. the reason? I mean, uh, it would kind of make sense. It's a lot. Uh, it's even more money for them to come than it is for us to come. So. Uh, yeah, but how does that, how does that change what you're doing when you're when you're there? It's a two day. If it, if they're changing it to a two day event where everyone qualifies, um, that's what's it's like six of one half a dozen the other, isn't it? You think so? The good news about the new format, though, is that bands who aren't guaranteed to make the final. They, they do at least get to play a medley, so they get to play two circles. So oh, that's okay. definitely a benefit. And you know, the other great benefit, um, as a, you know, obviously we're from a band that's not guaranteed to make it to the final. Quite the contrary. Um, you know, it's good to, uh, if, if you don't make it, it's good to be able to relax during the final and, and so on and so forth. So, um, so that'll be Yeah, good. I mean, the last time they did, they did it this way was, I can't even remember the year. I'm trying to think. Um, may have been like the late 90s where they had like they started the uh, pre-qualifying group and then yeah. everybody had to qualify for, for uh, quite a while um, well that's not true was it a couple years or something it was at, least, at least two or three years that everybody qualified and then they started the, then they realized oh they need to at least push forward the top winners and then it was a then it was the top six after that. Yeah, I, I don't honestly really know for sure, but uh, one of the things, I think they started the qualifier in, geez, what was it? 96, maybe? 90, was it 96? Maybe 96, yeah, sounds about right. I don't know, I mean, it wasn't as popular as, I mean, I don't think there were as many overseas bands and everything that there are now. I think I, I'm. I recollect that may have been like '98, '97, where they actually started the the top six pre-qualifying thing. Um, I don't know. I mean, there, and, yeah. and just um, to clarify what the rules currently are, because they're a little bit tricky. So here are the rules. At the Worlds, there um, every band has to qualify uh, by playing an MSR in the morning, unless uh, you are deemed pre-qualified, and there are two ways to pre-qualify. Number one is you have to be in the top six in the standings in the RSPBA to qualify for the Worlds. So the top six bands in the RSPBA will go automatically make the final. So right now you're looking at bands like Phil Marshall Montgomery, you're looking at um, Scottish Power, Inverary, um, and there are a few others, I, I can't name them all. Um, and then what's interesting is if you're not in the RSPBA, the only way to pre-qualify is to be in the top six the year before at the Worlds. See now, Phil, SFU is not pre-qualified based on their RSPBA standing. They're pre-qualified because they were in the top six last year at the Worlds. And the same goes for St. Lawrence O'Toole, who are from, um, you know, uh, I 
guess what it, the Republic the Irish, yeah, yeah, Republic of Irish Pipe and Association or something. Right, so they're not technically in the RSPBA, even though they compete regularly. Um, and so, um, but they, they'll be pre-qualified as well. And so, uh, right, and this year there'll be eight bands that pre-qualify. Um, which leaves only six spots to come out of the qualifier itself, which is, oh, I don't think... Eight? How did that figure? How did, there's eight bands that will pre-qualify? Who decided that? The top <laughs> six in the RSPBA, plus there were two non-RSPBA bands in the top six last year. Oh, okay. Right, and that's the way it was last oh, geez, year. Yeah. So, um, and then God forbid uh, other North American bands make it into the top six, because then there'll be even fewer spots available. Anyway, the good news is they're changing the system next year. But um, yeah. 20 do not move on to the final. There are only 14 bands in the final. And I believe the reason for that is only 14 bands will fit on the two CDs. <laughs> I, I think that's the reason that dictates how many bands get into the final. Which, by the way, I think that's a great number. I'd like to see them cut it down to... Um, I'd like to see them cut it down smaller, I think. Um, but um, except for the fact that it's so hard to qualify, right? So um, uh, the weather conditions and to play three times in one day is really unrealistic. So right. what they're moving to next year is a two-day event. And the first day, all the bands will compete for the top probably 14 spots. I think um, I'm not sure if there will be heats. There might be two heats. It would have to be, I would think, don't you think? You'd think so, yes. Yeah. Um, and there are going to be two heats, and then they're going to pick the top bands. And then on the Sunday, they're going to have the grade one final, uh, which will be a, another two circles. And so, uh, and that, that makes so much more sense on a million different levels. Yeah, it really does. Um, be interesting, though, logistically, just in terms of, uh, I mean, I would imagine that, the, I don't think it's official yet, but I mean, they would have just the grade one final on the Sunday, yes? Or is it, are they planning other finals as well? You know, because a, a lot of the other grades consistently have heats, qualifying heats, and and final playoffs um, just because of the size of the contests, you know? I'm not sure. Um, not so it sure. might be interesting to see, you know, have like just the finals in grade two, one, you know, three, four, whatever. Well, it might also be interesting for the bands uh, in the lower grades to be able to watch the yeah, the grade right. one final. Bigger bleachers. Right now, the, <laughs> yeah, right now the, a lot of bands are playing at the same time, and they would never have the chance to watch that. So that's kind of nice as well. Yeah. I think you're – what's RSPBA that line from Jaws? Bands. You're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> yeah. RSPBA bands, um, the, yes, last year's results do not matter. So just Field Marshal won the Worlds last year, but if they were in seventh place in the running this year, they would not pre-qualify. That's my understanding. Right? Of course, Field Marshal's in first place right now. <coughs> because that's kind of the way it works. So, see, now I'm confused. Wait a minute. So the, the an overseas band, if you're an overseas band... If you're you not to, an RSPBA band... Not an RSPBA band. Um, you have to be a top six finisher to get an automatic pre-qualifying. So that applies to any non-RSPBA band. For example, if St. Lawrence O'Toole, uh, if St. Lawrence O'Toole is seventh this year or below, they will have to, well, of course they're changing it, but if it stayed the same, they would have to qualify the following year. Yeah, 
Yeah, Mark, that's the way I understood it, Mark, but I think I, I don't think that's the case this year. Um, First three bands last year automatically qualify. I, I'm not aware as to whether yeah. or not that's correct. Yeah, I think they used to do it that way. I think that was... At least if it wasn't automatically qualified, they give them a certain amount of points or something like that in, in this little mini table that they create to see, you know, in the majors or something, um, if you were in the top three. And that was in previous years. And that's why I understood it to, to be doing to happening this year, which is why I asked if you would qualify, you know, as, you know, Field Marshal would automatically qualify regardless of their, really, of their performances at the various majors, even though they're doing fine. I don't know. But, uh, but I don't think that's the case this year, you know? There's only one thing I know for sure, which is that Oren Mara is not in that category. <laughs> so we have to uh, That's all I know for sure. And, yeah. uh, so so your, your general opinion is that a lot of these Australian bands and New Zealand bands mainly um, are waiting to be able to sort of pitch themselves against everybody next year, essentially. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Giving them, increasing their odds of actually like, you know, I think the other thing the too is group. prices. Prices of tickets are really high this year. I think yeah. that's the other. Mine, mine was mine is four hundred bucks more this year than last year. Yeah, that's it's, a it's big quite, increase. It's, it's quite a journey. Um, I mean, welcome you know, you to the like uh, a, Olympics in in London. That's probably a big cause. Yeah, really, exactly. Um, you know, and you got a band like New York Metro who could, you know, would would have probably loved to capitalize on their success from last year. You know, not going over this year, and I don't. I'm not sure why. I'm sure sure it was a, a variety of things, but um, I don't think the, I, I, they probably are not going to want to go until they're you know really solidified in grade two. So uh, my guess would be that was there. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we have to ask them. Yeah. So let's um, Vin, tell me about um, Xavier's uh, new album. Uh, yeah, Ah uh, Unan. That's uh, he's come out with a an album. Let's see, I'm trying to. Remember them. Let's call up the guys' names here. With uh, three other pipers, uh, Hervé Lafloc, Alex Monier, and uh, and uh, Sylvain Sylvain Hammond. Uh, these guys are sort of hot Breton pipers that uh, and they've come out with a, an album which is in Breton translated as "of one," I believe. That's what I can decipher. Um, but it's it's really it's 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 really good. I mean, it's 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 a class act. You know, it's it's straight. Piping. It takes like sort of the virtuoso piping album idea, um, and just taking it and like you know sort of like some Gordon Duncan, just straight bagpipes with some instrumentation, and and then, and there it is. You know, I think I think they they make that statement clearly on the cover, which is just sort of a, a disassembled bagpipe um, sitting on the cover. You know, um, and I think it's 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 really cool. It's 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 really all about the bagpipes and the tunes. You know, it's all about just uh, you know. A lot of a lot of stuff. A lot of so each piper has a solo set, uh, or or a couple solo sets where they play just hardcore competitive tunes. You know, a lot of a lot of the big MSRs tunes, uh, some great jigs. That, much of it coming from the latter half of the 20th century. So they're paying, uh, you know, homage to a lot of the composers of of that period, like Donald McLeod and and others. Um, and and it's just really good stuff. You know, and they've got a couple of like interesting pieces there where they throw in a lot of um, deft instrumentation, you know, behind the bagpipes, but doesn't take away from anything at all. You know, it's really sort of understated and it's all about the piping, you know, which is very clean and very, it, almost easygoing, you know, when you listen to it, it's just it's sort of an easygoing, sort of very metered style, but it's really brings out the heart of the heart of the tunes, you know, and it's really good. Yeah. Let's hear some. 
Let's hear some. Let me see. Let me upload here. Let's hear something that'll that'll take us out in style this week. Take us out in style. Okay. We don't yet carry this CD, but um, if you if you're interested, we can easily order some in. Um, and so uh, let me know if you like what you hear. Um, yeah. We can get a few in from. Um, Wait, what, and again, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, uh, Xavier. I think it's Xavier or something. It's how you pronounce Javier it. or Javier, something. Yeah. Not. It's not. We can, go out, we can we can go out in hardcore Breton mode, or we can go in, out in something a little more uh, a little more original, if you like. Take your pick. Let's go something more original. Okay. Let's hope this works. Uploading. Here we go. <laughs> there it is. All right. Well, um, before you press play, I just want to say thanks for coming this week. Great turnout. And uh, let's see. What else we got? Um, check out those body beat metronomes there if you're uh, at all interested and um, call us if you'd like to purchase maybe a couple for your band or something that'd be cool and uh, thanks for coming we'll be on next week and then we'll probably be off for a couple weeks after that um, because we're headed to Scotland so we'll have to figure out something to do there maybe we could even uh, release a podcast from Scotland or something that would be very cool maybe we can record something you know and just uh, and then just sort of release it that'd be neat yeah um, James Hester says, Invermark, question mark. What is your question about Invermark? We are doing, um, we are taking Doja. You live little... cast starting, right? Yep. Invermark live cast starts next week on uh, Dojo U, uh, which is we're taking Dojo U on the road. And we're not broadcasting every single thing, but um, morning sessions, um, afternoon master classes, and evening um, sessions with such famous uh, pipe band names as Jack Lee, Willie McCallum, uh, Paula Glendening will be there, Donald's there, and then we also have great drummers like Reed Maxwell and John Fisher, who um, we'll be broadcasting some of their content as well, so that'll be really great. Um, you'll need to be a premium Dojo U member to access that. Um, Are these going to be recorded and available for uh, yes, premium members to view later? Yep, they'll be in the archive. does require premium membership to view it, but uh, we hope that you'll check it out. The other thing, too, is go to Invermark.org. They're still taking registrations, and, you know, if you're in the mood for a great piping school, it's the school where I grew up. So, um, uh, you know, I think it's a great place. And, um, you know, go to a piping school. If you're looking for something to do next week, go to Hunter Mountain. It's, a, <laughs> it's um, just about an hour north of New York City. And uh, um, it's it's at a uh, ski resort. Um Really nice uh, accommodations and, um, you know, fun experience. So I'd highly recommend cool. that. But, but thanks for bringing that up, David. We are doing that um, next week. So um, hopefully if you're not convinced Dojo U is for you, watch the Invermark thing, and that should be great. Yes, they do. They cool. stay on the mountain. It's like a piping enclave. We will be bringing it off the mountain to you, though. There's not going to be live casts from the from the woods at the top of the slopes, there, are there? Uh, the, uh, hopefully, but probably not. <laughs> so, uh, so we'll go we'll go with that. Let's hear some um, some music from the Ah Unan album. And cool. 
and we'll see you guys next week. And uh, we'll probably be broadcasting at least in small part from Invermark. And uh, maybe we'll um, try to get Jack and Willie and some other guys on the on the podcast maybe to join us if that's possible. Nice. All right. So. We'll have a good day, all. Yeah, we'll see you later, here. everybody. Thanks for coming. <laughs>